Fantasy Focus Football. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined to my right by the laughing Stefania Bell and the always here field Yates. Stefania, how are you doing, sweetheart? I'm I'm good. I, I came so in a little my hot. Volume I'm is, so yeah, sorry. So I like the, the, I'm sure that everybody listening appreciates yes. it, but my right ear did not. <laughs> is it so still functioning fair. at least? It is. You can okay. sit here. I, think, right. I, I actually think we do have insurance. It covers ears and like, I think it's, um, I don't know, ears, eyes, yes. insurance for this podcast. Because now toes. people can both hear and watch this podcast. So uh, good to have you back, Stefania. And yeah. Speaking uh, of insurance, Field Yates, today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you can save hey, the call out there. There you go. Big show did. today, by the way. We're going to talk about a little bit of news from last night, both involving an injury and maybe a step forward in a trade. Then we're going to talk about backfields to avoid this year in yeah. fantasy and some players that have risen and fallen in terms of ADP this year. But Stefania, you were busy this weekend, like... All over the map for UFC. How was your time up in Boston? Seemed like a busy and perhaps hopefully enjoyable weekend, maybe? Yeah, it was busy. I mean, uh, you know, it's moving from NFL to UFC. All All over the place. Listen, I'll tell you one thing. Walking around TD Garden, people were like, Stefania Bell, fancy focus. Like, asking me about players to draft while I'm running between things at the fight. So, you know. I love to see the fans cross uh, fan, over. And, and of course, Boston, certainly big city that loves the fantasy oh, focus. So great to have you back. And uh, both you. of us were in Boston this past weekend. We just didn't cross paths because we were doing different things. But uh, always good to be back in one of the best cities in the world. Yeah. Boston's- I know. I thought of you because I was like, this is Field Yates old stomping yep. grounds. Yeah, I know. Now I'm a suburbanite. I know. Wow. I saw you out there at the concert, so. Oh, yeah. Living it up. We were, we were talking about it yesterday. I am exhausted. Yeah. Like, it's Still. so pathetic. Still, we're like, like three a day days later, I'm yeah. like, I am so exhausted. <laughs> like, what has happened to me? I don't, I'm a shell it's of called myself. It's children. It, it, yes, it, it is. Oh, boy. Yeah. I have been put to Field. the test. <laughs> I got to take you to one of my shows, I feel like. Maybe I need to come to one of your shows and you need to come to one of my shows so we can see how you really feel when you're done with it. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe. I don't. It's, I, I don't even know if it was specific to a concert. It was just like, oh, my body was in shock that it was up at 1115. <laughs> Honestly, like truth, like serious statement. Our buddy uh, JJ from Late Round Quarterback, JJ yep. Zacharias, right, you guys all know him. He's great, great, great fantasy mind. He has trademarked the East Coast Dads thing, right? And on, uh, truthfully, like until this year, I don't know that I fully appreciated it. But last night during the game, it Try is halftime. Yeah. And I swear I was like... I can't tell who's on my screen right now. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the new Monday Night Countdown halftime team. But if you told me that it was like, I don't know, if you told me it was literally anybody, if you told me it was uh, if if Tom Brady had decided to come work for us at ESPN and his only job was to do the halftime of Monday Night Football, based off of how much or how little I was seeing last night, I would have bought it. That's so good. I feel like this is what happens when you get older, right? You have kids, things happen. I don't don't want to get older. I don't have children, but I do. I have realized I'm starting to get older because I really like birds a lot. (laughs) So it's like, you know, you know how you don't like birds until you get old and then all of a sudden (laughs) birds are cool? No? I'm not going to lie to you. I've never heard of that. What? You don't think birds are cool? No, I've heard of people like, as you know, you're a birder. You're going to go out with your binocs and like. Absolutely. And I have my feet everywhere. I got a couple of window clings in my big bay window so I can watch the big blue jays come uh, in. Okay. Yeah. Guys, all right. right, right, People are like, wow, this is riveting. Let's get to the podcast on them. We know. Wow. Wow. Stefania dropping the hammer. All right. We got a, a couple of quick bits of news here. Really, first. 
Uh, really quickly first, <laughs> Baker Mayfield mm. named as the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really exciting that we officially have a starter and at least we know who mm. we're going to get throwing the football now that it's not Tom Brady. Uh, mm. So that's done. Great. Now we can move on. Period. That's uh, where yeah, I'm no, I would it. just say just quickly from a fantasy standpoint, I will say this. Maybe this is a bit of the devil you do know versus the devil you don't know. Despite how Baker played at the end of his time in Cleveland and for much of his time in Carolina, I actually feel better about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans out of the gate with him as opposed to Kyle Trask under center. I think there's probably a bit of a higher floor with Baker Mayfield than there would have been with Trask. So I'm not going crazy in terms of the fantasy impact of this news, but if it had been Kyle Trask, because I've never seen him play a game of consequence, I would have been slightly more nervous about those two great box wide receivers. Totally I think fair. it'll be every week. It'll be which version of Baker are we getting? Mm. Yeah. Uh, that, that's totally fair. And as we have learned over the past, what now, five seasons, there are many different yeah. versions of Baker Mayfield. Of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I will just hope that we saw the version that was closer to, or we will see the version that was similar to what we saw in Los Angeles last yeah. year. Especially when he actually, first arrived. Yeah, I mean, it was like legitimately <laughs> yeah. pretty impressive given the short acclimation period he had uh, with the Rams. All right, really quickly, moving on to what we watched last night. There was a football game last Hello. night, yeah. guys. How exciting and is actually, that? Yeah, and it felt like a real one. It really did. There were a couple of things that stood out to me. One, I'm a little bit excited about Sam Howell. I got okay. to see a few things happen. <laughs> Two, Zay Flowers looks fast. All right? Uh, he is fast, yeah. Three, mm-hmm. handshakes are still hard. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. And yeah. then if you know, you know, if Move you know, along. you know, I was going to say, do you want to explain that? Like, <laughs> no, do you want to deliver no, a bit of expository? The internet no. really yeah, needs to inter- explain yeah, that. Just head out to Twitter or yeah. X or whatever. Let me ask you a question along those lines. Like, who do you know that's an older dude that like has gotten, like has come into the limelight and then is like become really cool. You're like, I didn't know about this person until they were 60. And all of a sudden, like they just seem like they're really freaking cool. Ooh. Uh, there's probably some none come to mind okay so that's the point right is that like off the top of your head there's not many people that like enter your life at an advanced age that you're Susan like Boyle. okay okay um fair fair okay fine i'll Thank grant you. you that right you. but right. Uh, i'm just thinking about like you know like uh like Jeff Bezos, yeah. who like certainly uh, has been around for a long time, cool, but though? like that's Still the question. Debatable. That's the question, right? Yeah, definitely has some cash. <laughs> definitely doing cool things, right? But is he cool? That would he be did so, go to Princeton. Oh, he did. So okay, but well, you're making my point for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, like, you know, like, I would trade. I would trade. Like I would trade my life for like literally one billionth of Jeff Bezos's fortune. <laughs> but I'm not so sure no, you he's wouldn't. that cool. Now you wouldn't. Yeah, you sure I, about I th- that? I think I'm with you, you sure on about that. that? Yeah. I keep yeah. seeing like yeah. every time I turn, it's like, yeah, Jeff Bezos in the past 48 hours made $900 million. Yeah. I'm like, I went to Chipotle last night. Like, does that make me like at all the, the even of, of, yeah. of Jeff Bezos? No Jeff Bezos. money, no problems. Oh, oh okay. Hey, no. <laughs> Anyways. All right. all right. So yeah, uh, that was an interesting handshake there. Cool. The other yeah. big thing that happened last night, obviously, Stefania, towards the uh, back half of the second quarter, we saw Terry McLaurin go down and he ended up leaving the field to have an MRI on what we were told is turf toe. Do we have any updates on the situation? So if you just saw the mechanism of injury when he got taken down is foot went into that rotation torsional injury Uh, it can always be a number of things it ended up being the toe that was the problem they reported the x-rays negative the mri is actually today okay Um, but when you hear x-rays negative and you see that kind of injury you're thinking it's probably ligament damage which you cannot see on an x-ray so that's what will be further evaluated toe injuries always problematic it all depends on the severity of it stay tuned for more updates once we know we will fill you in but shame to see him have a toe injury 
now. I don't think too many people. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We're now what we're now close enough where it's like every injury, even if the coach downplays it, we're 16 days away from the season. Every injury is of note. I don't think anybody that listens to this show has forgotten about or overlooked Jahan Dotson, but Looked great again oh, last he night. Looked really good. Sixteenth overall pick in the draft last mm-hmm. year. Has seen a bunch of targets from Sam Howell in preseason action. Might be a player who, at current value, wide receiver forty one, ends up being one of the better values in drafts. Do not forget Jahan Dotson. Wow, wide receiver forty one coming off in the I mean, twelfth round. Yes, yes, but like there are a few wide receivers ahead of him that you're just like, okay, like. Christian Kirk's wide receiver 34, it's right? Just wide like, and rece- Marquise Browns, like, there's just so many of them. Christian so- Kirk was a top 20 wide receiver this year. We can't find a way to get him ahead of, like, wide receiver 34. That's how deep the wide receiver position yep. is. But there are guys, are, like, are slightly ahead of him that I'm like, all right, I would prefer just a couple of names that are just ahead of Jahan Dotson yep. that I would prefer Dotson over. This is just based off of current ESPN ADP. I'd prefer him over Cortland Sutton. Yep. I'd prefer him over Michael Thomas in New Orleans. I would prefer him over Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I love as a player, but he's got two freaks playing outside of him in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So I think Jahan Dotson is probably going like a round and a half later than I think he should be going again, based off of current ADP data. Yep. All right, Field, we got one more bit of news here, and this was a big one. Yeah. The Indianapolis Colts have officially allowed Jonathan Taylor the ability to search for a trade Mm -hmm. away from the Colts. We've been waiting for something here, some kind of movement to happen in this situation, either a new contract for Jonathan Taylor or a potential trade request. Uh, and, and now we're here, Field. So when I look at this situation, mm. right, they've given him the ability to explore the potential trade market. Yeah. There's one team in my mind. There's obviously more than one team, but I know that I w- we've been waiting. We were talking about the Miami Dolphins potentially being able to grab Dalvin Cook, who eventually signed okay. with the Jets. Yeah. Is there a chance that the team, like the Dolphins or another running back needy team, is actually going to make the investment into Jonathan Taylor that the Colts themselves don't actually want to make? All right, so let's vet that one out a little bit because I hadn't been thinking about the Dolphins myself. But to your point... Even though the Dolphins do have Raheem Mostert yep. and Jeff Wilson Jr. Yep. and Devon Chain, who it sounds like has avoided serious injury, yep. plus Savon Ahmed and Miles Gas. These are guys that are still on the roster, by right. the way. Uh, they did have an interest in Dalvin Cook. I never knew if that was more about the team feeling like it really needed an extra running back or if it was this might be an opportunity to get him at a discount because of his desire to play near his hometown. Sure. If the answer is it's more about needing a running back, maybe it does make sense for Jonathan Taylor to be on the Dolphins' radar. I keep coming back to the same thought, though. What team is really ready to pay potentially a first-round pick, which our Stephen Holder reported the Colts are looking for, and a running back contract that's going to be probably really close to the very top of the market? And if I'm Miami, who, by the way, has been trading away all their picks for like the past three or four drafts right now, I'm not sure that's the road that I want to go down. And I think there are better allocation of their resources. Who it's, this is a team that has a lot of players that they've already paid. It's going to have to pay others, too. Two is going to have to get paid next offseason. They haven't yet paid Christian Wilkins, one of their best defensive players. They've got guys who need to get paid. So I'm going to go to a different team. Okay. And I'm not saying this is likely. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably extremely unlikely. But there are different rules that a team can follow as far as roster building when you're the best team in the NFL with the best player in the NFL and a window that is open for the next decade, the Kansas city chiefs probably would not be interested in signing Jonathan Taylor to a five year, $75 million deal. 
which is what Jonathan Taylor wants right now. He wants, and I'm just making that number up, right? Yep. But he wants a top of the market deal. But what the Chiefs might be willing to say is, you know something? We're fine at running back right now. But if we can get Jonathan Taylor for strict rental purposes, because we know we can't keep this guy long-term, why not potentially roll that dice? The AFC is deep and talented. This is an opportunity. The Chiefs play by different rules right now Mm -hmm. than other teams do because their margin for error is so much greater with Patrick Mahomes. And while Jonathan Taylor does want a long-term contract, maybe he's saying to himself, you know something? I know that I might just be in Kansas City for one season, but why not go there? be the best running back in football this year, maybe win a Super Bowl, and then cash in next year. I'm only 24 years old, right? Like, my window should be longer than just this upcoming offseason in 2024. So I keep coming back to that as, like, the only team that I can make even, like, a smidge of a logical case for. But, Stefania, I'm I'm having to, like, talk myself into my own argument. I've been thinking about this a lot. I also thought the Bills might be an interesting place for him to go. Similar boxes checked, right? exactly. And for all the same reasons that you laid out, I was kind of thinking the Bills, especially, you know, they lost Naheem Hines. And not that they are the same person by any means, but they could use Jonathan Taylor, make use of him in that offense. And Jonathan Taylor could have a winning team and showcase for his talent to build on. My what I keep coming back to is are the Colts doing this so that Jonathan Taylor maybe doesn't get any offers and they say, see, this is what you thought. There's nothing out there. Now you come back and play for us. And then my follow up to that is, does he like it? Well, <laughs> and it gets really interesting. This is what happened with Austin Eckler, right? The Chargers said, go find that trade partner. Yeah. Nothing materialized. He got a one point seven five million dollar incentive package. That's it. Right. Ready? Lamar Jackson, a franchise quarterback who's been the unanimous MVP of this league, yep. got the chance to go seek a trade. Nothing came together. So while uh, last night was a step forward ostensibly in the process, it may be that the net result here is they can't find a trade partner that's willing to give the Colts what they want and Jonathan Taylor what he wants. And the net result of that could be 10 days from now, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts realize the best partner for Jonathan Taylor and the best partner for the Colts right now is each other. Right. And, and to just gut it out through the season. The only other thing is if somebody else has a major injury between now and the start of the season, then it becomes interesting. I thought Zeke and Dalvin cook were kind of riding that out for a while. And of course they've now each found teams, but let me say this, Daniel, I actually think this is a net positive for Jonathan Taylor's draft value because the fact that he's allowed to seek a trade, Mm -hmm does at least open up the possibility more so than it was yesterday of the team dealing Jonathan Taylor, right? And let's say Jonathan Taylor gets traded tomorrow. And I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but anything's possible, right? Jonathan Taylor would immediately be the clear-cut guy on his team. No one who's got a great running back is trading for Jonathan Taylor right now. And you'd potentially have a guy who's been the best player in fantasy football right back in the mix for being a top five running back off the board. If he gets traded tomorrow, there's the physical component of that, but it certainly sounds like Jonathan Taylor, if traded, would be back on the field sooner rather than later. Yep. So I actually think this might end up being a net positive for Jonathan Taylor's uh, fantasy value right now. I do like the idea that they allowed him to explore what a trade would look like, right? Because to me, 
that means that we're at least closer to seeing him on the field. The idea of like, no, we're not going to let you do it. If you want to sit out, go ahead. That makes me way more scared from a fantasy perspective, right? But if they're like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and see if you can find another trade partner. If not, like you guys have just said, he'll, if he can't find that trade partner, he's got to come back to this team and play games in order to have an accrued season so he can eventually move on from this team next year. Yeah, I, and he, I wondered if he would actually wait until it was... Time. That yeah. deadline yeah. Of, of counting for the accrued season yeah. before he did, decided to play. Based off of yesterday's news, like best case scenario, I truly believe is Jonathan Taylor gets traded, right? Because anybody that's trading for him is going to want to make him the focal point of the running game. Second best scenario is, or maybe you could put this as 1A and 1B. 1B would be, hey, the Colts decide we really want to keep you and we're going to give you the deal that you desire. Because if he's in Indianapolis, he's still going to be the part of their offense. I mean, he's going to be a massive part of their offense. The bad scenario is... He is frustrated by the lack of a trade, does not get a new deal from Indianapolis. He either sits out games, sits out games, or if something happens, if this ankle injury, whatever he's dealing with right now is not 100% by the start of the regular season, he says, why would I go out there for this team right now? Uh, or if in week four tweaks his hammy, I'm feeling what's his motivation guys? to get uh. back as fast as humanly possible? Sometimes these athletes, <clears throat> and Stefania can tell you this more than anybody else, like, you have to keep them off the field to protect them from themselves. Sometimes if you're an athlete, though, you got to look at the bigger picture. And I wonder if Jonathan Taylor would go down that route if something were to happen if he were still in Indianapolis. Yeah. Boy, this is a... Go ahead, Stefan. No, I was just going to say it's bad for Anthony Richardson if Jonathan Taylor's gone, too. I'll, I'll this tell you is what. not the playbook on how to make your young quarterback comfortable you at think the if, beginning of his career. Chris Ballard is able to get a new contract done with... Jonathan Taylor will have a no tweet clause for Jim Mercy in it. Like Jim Mercy is just not allowed to ever mention him in tweets ever again. Yeah, it should. I mean, I, I, tr I truly am like, I don't that think made the situation so much worse. Like not joking. That no, was like, is, I wouldn't want to play for someone that wanted to talk to me like that either. I mean, I don't want people to like, the show is not about like protecting GMs or whatever, but like, this ain't a Chris Ballard thing. When I talk about no, the Colts, no, no, no. When, when everybody talks about the Colts, Correct. we're talking about Jim Irsay. Yes, he dug he he dug this hole. This team now has to find its Jim way Ballard out. Jim Ballard now has to figure yeah, out. How Chris to Ballard now has to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Like, it out. Yeah. He he totally handcuffed his GM, and yep. that is about as negligent of an act as an owner can make as it pertains to roster construction. Field. We haven't moved anybody, anything within Jonathan Taylor. He's still my RB nine right now. If yeah, I had still where he is right now, he's yeah. top ten running back for us. This hasn't changed a whole lot. All if right. he gets traded though, the Colts better call Kareem Hunt or somebody like the second Quick. after that deal <sighs> gets done because that backfield That's... depth is ugly and there is not a single player that I would be excited to roster and start if Jonathan Taylor is traded. Well, speaking about being excited to start and roster some running backs, hey, field, Jace, let's move ahead and talk about backfields to potentially avoid. I don't want to full on say we're just flat out out on these, yeah. right? We're never totally out on a backfield, but there are some backfields specifically within fantasy this year that are tough to figure out because of the situation at hand and the bodies in that backfield. Yeah. So let's start in Chicago. So Jace. I think there are a few things in fantasy football that's more frustrating than lack of clarity, Ooh. right? We talk about this often, though, how NFL teams treat their running backs and what they value in running backs is a lot different than what we value in fantasy football, right? There are guys who get on the field a lot because they're good in pass protection. Yep. We don't care about pass protection. We <laughs> yeah. care about touchdowns and long runs. In Chicago, let's start there. This is a team that last year did lean heavily on David Montgomery. He accounted for 43% of the Bears' designed rushes last season, and they've got a quarterback in Justin Fields that accounted for another 17% of them. So Montgomery was the guy when he was healthy and available last season. But let's look what the Bears did this offseason. They drafted Roshan Johnson in the fourth round. They signed Deontay Foreman to a one-year, $3 million contract. 
They signed Travis Homer to a one-year deal from Seattle. Each of those four players, including Khalil Herbert, who is still in the mix, I think will have a role. We've seen Khalil Herbert run with the ones at times during the preseason. He has shown well on tape in the past as well. And even throughout this training camp, there's been some Khalil Herbert buzz. The question that I'm wondering, is there a real chance that this Bears team's This Bears team, whose actions suggest that they are going to be a bit more by committee this offseason, is going to instead hand the keys over to one running back when last year, when they did have their guy in David Montgomery, and I laid out how he was their guy, there was just one game last season, one, when he had more than 20 total touches. As a matter of fact, no other Bears running back had 20 touches in a game last season. One time, they kind of committed to a guy last year. Now, it's much more of a committee on paper. Do we really think Khalil Herbert is going to take this job and run away with it by himself? Doesn't feel like it to me. I don't, do you feel that way, Stefania? This is like sort of no, instinct I, show, it, right? Yeah, and I, I felt like Deontay Foreman coming off a career year goes to Chicago, and I felt like they're not bringing him there to do nothing. You have because to, originally, yeah. it looked like Herbert might run away you know, no pun intended, but right. run away with it and have this job carved out where really they could lean on him. They bring in Foreman. I'm like, I'm not buying it that they're bringing him over just to hang out. Uh, and so th- it adds to the lack of clarity, but I think it's further compromised by the fact that Justin Fields is able to run himself. So now I don't like, I, I mean, how are two running backs going to be fantasy productive for you in an offense where I expect the quarterback to take some of those carries? So totally agree. Deontay Foreman's good, by the way. And what you just He's good. He's like, good. What you just said I, is the point that I wanted to make. Understanding that you have that running quarterback, how are these running backs going to be able to get their fantasy dues? The Chicago Bears were fourth worst <laughs> in running back fantasy points last year. They were fourth worst because of everything that Justin Fields does on the ground. In spite of how much I love David Montgomery and what he did, they don't use their running backs that way from a fantasy perspective. And that makes me nervous because do I think that Justin Fields is all of a sudden going to become a different player this year? I know they want to use his arm more. He's still Justin Fields. Yep. Like he, they're not going to change who that kid is. They're not going to get many touchdowns. I like touchdowns, oh, my t- running back. So I just I think that they're not going to score a lot. They may touch the ball here and there. But uh, Deontay Foreman, I actually think, maybe has a better chance to be the one who's productive at the goal line if that's how they end up using it. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Deontay Foreman leads this team and carries this year. And if that's the case, and even if I think Khalil Herbert is the most is more talented in a passing offense that Daniels alluded to, they were tied for dead last in terms of targets to running backs last year. When you have a great running quarterback, you yep. just don't throw yep. it to your running don't backs that much. So what's the pathway for Khalil Herbert to take off and go to the moon? And this doesn't even talk about uh, this does not even account for the fact that, and I said this on I think Monday's show, Roshan Johnson's good. Yeah. yeah. This guy was awesome in college, and he's gonna be a factor for the Bears at some point. So the Bears have a lot of depth. Good for their roster. Not great for fantasy football. If you're going to take one of these running backs field, if you were going to, are you still okay with Khalil Herbert at ADP or would you focus on one of the later round guys? Because you already want to stay around from this backfield to begin with. So this is going to be a theme we discuss with these next few backfields. The cost is not going to be the issue with any of these guys, right? You're getting Khalil Herbert in the 11th round, right? So I'm not going to tell you you can't draft Khalil Herbert in the middle of the 11th round. And if you do, it's going to cost you your fantasy league, right? Because, 
so much stuff that happens from like round six on is super unpredictable. It's not the cost that I'm worried about. It's just the idea that you might spend the entire season wondering, can I start this guy? Can I not start this guy? Is this going to be like Jamal Williams last year when when you guessed right, you were really right? But when you guessed wrong, you might have lost your week because Jamal Williams got 12 carries for 22 yards and no touchdowns with no targets. That's fair. All right, let's move ahead and talk about the Miami Dolphins. This one, again, really difficult. We've talked about this all offseason. Stefania, we've got a couple of 49ers that used to be I there. I, I love Mostert. it. Welcome to the 49ers backfield 2.0. Right, 2.0, it exactly. It really is. And look, here's what Mike McDaniel loves. He loves speed. Perhaps you've noticed that. He mm. gets it everywhere he can. Looks, Running backs, wide like receivers. It. Raheem Mostert, remember last year we were talking about how they were competing against each other for yep. who got the fastest on the GPS between Tyreek Hill and Raheem Mostert? Shout out to Raheem Mostert for playing all 16 games last year after coming off a cartilage procedure that people thought might not even allow him to play in the NFL again. But you know, when Mike McDaniel talked to Raheem Mostert about coming and following him to Miami, it was number one to give him an opportunity because he knew what he could do when he was healthy. But he also recognized that the way you keep someone like Raheem Mostert, who's a nine-year veteran who had this big injury healthy, is you balance it with other players who can come in and do similar yet unique things like they all have their own flair right which is why they brought in Jeff Wilson Jr. who they bring over halfway through the season and oh boy look at he looks fantastic for a few games he dealt with a hip issue when he had the hip issue a few weeks into his Miami stay Raheem Mostert picks up the slack and so Mm -hmm. you already mentioned field they have other guys too they have Miles Gaskin they have Savannah Ahmed who are still hanging around Devon Achain who caught a pass from Skylar Thompson when I was there and scored a touchdown. You're like, oh, that's what that kid can do. Yep. Ends up with a shoulder injury last week. Not serious, I'm told. Um, I, I, they think he'll be ready by week one, so I'm not worried about that. But for fantasy purposes, all the excitement one you have body. there, you don't know who's going to do what when. And their offense is so tricky in terms of the way they play call. It's not like, okay, we're matching up against this team. We're going to use this guy all the way. Right. It could be from one series to the next, how they change it up. And you're just not going to know who's going to shine one there day are, to the next. Yep, two guys on that team that I know they're going to use all the time. Their names are Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Correct. And that's, the, yep. that's it. The only way this changes, the only way is if the Dolphins do make a move at running back because, as we talked about, they sort of they, they fished around in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, yep. and now Daniel mentioned them as a team that he could see or he would believe would make some sense for Jonathan Taylor. If something like that happens, obviously the game changes dramatically. But in the final 10 games of last season, five games, Jeff Wilson Jr. led the Dolphins in running. Five games, Raheem Mostert led the team in running. Yep. Jeff Wilson had one game with over 100 rushing yards. Raheem Mostert had one game with over 100 rushing yards. But you go back and look at how many rushing yards led the team in each of their last 10 games, 51, 39, 30, 37, 45, 45, 72, plus the two 100-yard games for those guys. So you tell me what kind of upside that represents when you don't even know who's going to be the guy each and every week. Very little, very little. And we talked about it just for me to put a bow on this. If I were to draft one of these running backs, because unfortunately Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert have dealt with injuries throughout their career, I'd rather take the younger running back 
rather than he's the, the only one hurt right now. Raheem yeah. I, I don't know, still, but like uh, Jeff Wilson. I know, but Raheem Mostert, like, I will tell you this: yeah. he's still really fast. He had a career high in rushing yards last year, so it's not. And he right now is number one on their depth chart. Not that that means everything is again. They're sort of they they move moving parts, but because also so much of their game is built on what they can do once they have the ball in their hands, and they will pass to their running backs. Uh, I still slightly lean towards Raheem Mostert. Do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I lean towards whichever side of the coin that I flip. <laughs> yeah, that's there you go. That's hits, whether it's Jeff Wilson Jr. or Raheem Mostert. I, I, I like Devon Achen as a player. He yeah. can freaking fly. Mm-hmm. He's talented, but I just don't know what, like, how is he taking over this backfield right now? Unless yeah. those two first two guys get hurt, right. he's pint-sized and they want to balance the backfield. So yep. I, I just feel like he might be the least likely of those three to have games with 20 or more rushing attempts. Here's a crazy thought. Okay. Are you avoiding the Philadelphia Eagles running backs in spite of how run heavy they were last year? Yes. Because the situation is <laughs> divine at first. Like, that's <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Like last year they had Miles Sanders, right? I want no part of it. It's mm. the weirdest thing. Like it is one of the best offenses. You've got an offensive line that is built for a running back's dream. Yeah. Yeah. But you know who ruins it? Everyone. Jalen Hurts. Well, I mean, I, I think you look when you have field said it earlier, you have a quarterback who can run the way he does. Yep. You're not going to throw to your running backs as often. Where's DeAndre Swift so valuable as pass catching running back? I still think that's how he's going to be utilized. I still probably favor him over Rashad Penny. Like how many times are the Eagles going to line up at the goal line and run the ball? And it's not going to be Jalen Hurts. If you look, I, I, uh, Chucky is helping us out from research today. Gave me this. I had asked for this stat because I really wanted to see it. Now I'm not going to be able to find it because I can't get Shout it. Shout out to Chucky from research, go. by the way. The Eagles ran the ball 45 times inside the five last season, okay. the most in the NFL. Okay. Jalen Hurts responsible for 44% of those rushes, okay. the most on the team. Miles Sanders at second was only 31%. Mm. I still think that's if you have like the Rashad Penny where you think he might be utilized. Jalen Hurts cuts into that. I think so, too. I mean, Field, when you look at this, I I don't have the warm and fuzzies I used to have around DeAndre Swift because you have the mobile quarterback that doesn't like to dump off to running backs. I don't have the warm and fuzzies around Rashad Penny in spite of what we saw Miles Sanders do in that potential role last year because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So this does feel like a tough running back to figure out. It is. Um, I have a little bit different feel on this backfield, though, than I did on the first two that we've discussed. Ooh, okay. Because I do think there is, because we saw it last year, a way for one of these running backs to like really pop. Uh, because it's the best offensive line in football, and because despite all that work that Jalen Hurts gets to the goal line, they set the NFL record for rushing touchdowns last season. So there actually is a chance that multiple rushers feast for the Eagles. And the cost is so non-prohibitive for every back not named, uh, excuse me, DeAndre Swift, that I'm sort of like, okay, like Rashad Penny, very talented player. His biggest issue, of course, has been his durability. Yes. Extremely efficient runner. If you told me that the Eagles in their mind have a vision of having another player take on the Miles Sanders role this season, which was tons of rushes, tons of rushing efficiency, very limited passing game utilization. I think it's Penny. I think he's the guy best capable. By the way, yeah, and that's why they sign him for a year. And I know that all the camp reports have shined a light on Kenneth Gainwell, who did play more in the playoffs for this team and who is a useful player. I just think from a physical profile standpoint, who's more likely to get 240 carries over the course of a season? The guy who's 5'9", 191 pounds in Kenneth Gainwell, or the guy who's six foot one and 200 pounds 
in Rashad Penny, who, when he's been on the field, has been electric. I mean, he was great down the stretch in 2021, was good enough last year to stave off Kenneth Walker III until he got hurt. If you were out on Rashad Penny because you just don't think he's going to be able to stay on the field for a full 17-game season, I'm fine with that. But at the cost, running back 37, like, what's the risk in Rashad Penny? It feels to me like very little. Let me just share something with you. I had to go back. I went back to look at, like, who he was drafted around um, when he came out. Oh, man. I mean, this was a much discussed pick. I know, right? Yes. He got picked ahead of like Nick Chubb. Yes. Like you laugh about some of the players who went after him. Now he was a first round pick. I sort of forgot that he was a first round pick because we didn't really see him. Um, In 2018, the year he was drafted. drafted. Yep. He played 14 games. In 2019, he played 10. In 2020, he played three. 2021, he played 10. 2022, five. Yeah. None of those is really close to 16 or 17, other than his first year. And what happened was, if you recall back in Seattle, once he wasn't able, because that was when, when his rookie year, he missed the season early. He'd yeah. broken his finger. He wasn't available in training camp. You're a rookie. He gets behind. Chris Carter starts performing like Chris Carter could. And all of a sudden, there wasn't really a spot for him. Then Chris Carter got hurt. Carson, Carson, Carson. Uh, Chris Carson. Yeah. Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Chris Carter. I was like, oh, Chris Carter? He was, yeah, he played for, I thought he retired a few years <laughs> yeah. before that. I've been watching football a long time. Chris Carter played a long time ago. And he was a receiver, not a running back. Okay. Yeah. Chris Carson then became what Chris Carson could be. And so there was this, they had, they had this compliment of a couple capable backs in Seattle. But again, this is why Seattle drafts uh, somebody like Zach Charbonnet now, because they have experienced this running back carousel because of injuries. And that's essentially what happened. Uh, Rashad Penny went on to have a hamstring an ACL tear. And then this year, a fractured fibula, and he ended up having surgery and has been recovering since then. And it's not to say he can't come back and, you know, he's certainly proven he can come back from injury. But when you have that kind of injury history, you cannot qualify the same way yeah. as somebody who's been healthy for multiple years. Yeah, that's you can't. tough. You can't. We'll see. And I think DeAndre Swift is the most well-rounded and talented back Definitely. of the three or four that we've been discussing in the Eagles backfield. I just, I wonder, is this the right opportunity for him to realize his potential. A guy who teams, I mean, the Lions, always kind of were judicious with the number of carries that he got. Well, the Eagles have just as much, if not more depth in their backfield. The Lions did highlight DeAndre Swift in the passing game. I mentioned earlier the Bears were tied for dead last in terms of number of targets to running backs last season. It was with the Eagles. (laughs) So if the limited ceiling as a rusher in terms of volume is matched with the potential for him to see less receiving work. Is there as much upside for DeAndre Swift other than the fact that I know he's really talented? Like I really like DeAndre Swift as a player. And and again, at cost, these guys are all fine. Um, I have him ranked highest amongst these Eagle running backs. I just wonder if by the end of the season, there's four games where Kenneth Gainwell leads the team in rushing attempts. Yep. Seven where Rashad Penny leads the team in rushing attempts. Four where DeAndre Swift leads the team in rushing attempts. And then a couple where it's like Boston Scott got in the end zone twice. Against the Giants. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Against the Giants yeah, only, right? Giants. Always, always matches always. the Giants. Giants. So yeah. It's 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 a confusing one to say the least. I want to ask you this for last year, DeAndre Swift barely saw over 10 touches per game Mm -hmm. because they were trying to keep him healthy, right? The reason they were able to do that, though, is because they had a guy in Jamal Williams 
that was able to stay on the field that whole time. Yeah. They don't have that in Rashad Penny as much this year. I mean, I think it's a, I think you are going in setting yourself up for failure. If you think that you can do that and have Rashad Penny be the workhorse there, they're not worried. I don't think they're worried about their depth right now in Philly. And I know this is like guys, they're going to rotate through. Stefania can like, you know, earmuff it for a second Mm -hmm. here, but like Trey Sermon's still on this roster, right? Like, and there's a chance. It doesn't sound like a guarantee, but a chance he stays on the 53 man roster as well. So they're probably saying to themselves, like we'll manage guys throughout the season, keep them on the field. And if we do that, then we'll be able to get to where we want to be, which is playing in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl in mid February. All right. Two questions then. Okay. Coming off in the same round. Yep. Would you rather have Deandre Swift? Okay. Or JK Dobbins? Oh man. Uh, this comes the day after we talk about <laughs> yeah. JK Dobbins to bust. Um, no, I would still prefer JK Dobbins. Yeah. I Stephane, would. Yes. Any injury concerns on JK Dobbins or would you? Well, sure. Because we, again, I know there was the question of the contract and him voicing his displeasure, but um, even he did finish the season strong, but I'm still a little bit nervous, yeah. you know, just given the history. Okay. Um, but probably, you know, DeAndre Swift, I don't. I, I would say I sort of have the two of them about the same. I remember last year with Hard Knocks, there was it was hard to read, but there was a feeling that the Lions wanted to push him more, and he wasn't comfortable. And sometimes, once that's happening, that kind of stays there all season. Mm. And I wonder if now in Philly, we'll see a different Something DeAndre different. Swift. Yeah. All right. What about Khalil Herbert or DeAndre Swift? Another running back that we just mentioned. Yeah, very Swift. Yeah, I've got Swift several spots ahead of, of Claire Herbert in my rankings. All for right, sure. last yep. one then. We talked about Rashad Penny. Would you rather have Rashad Penny or the guy going right before him in Jeff Wilson Jr.? Two guys we just talked about it's as fine. well. You want him? Roster construction for me. If you want the upside play, I go with Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny. If you need a guy that you're like, I need a fourth running back that when we get to bye weeks, I think it's going to have a pretty reasonable shot for like Eight to 12. 12 carries right. in this game and yeah. can get me we'll seven points, yeah. maybe least, 15 think, points yeah. if I'm lucky, but probably seven points, then it will be Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson Jr. All yeah. right. All right. That's fair. I'd agree with them. All right. Let's move ahead and talk about the Washington Commanders last night. Yeah. I yeah, watched Sam Howell throw passes to Antonio Gibson. Yeah. It's like they should have been doing this all along, guys. I'm just telling you mm. that offense, I saw it, I was like, oh, Eric Bianami pretty good at what he does. You know, yeah. Eric Bianami <laughs> has been a really good offensive coordinator for a long time. Field, we've even talked about Sam Howell being like a really low-end potential like breakout option here in his second year. Really low end. Can I say really low end just to make sure that it's there? Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Say whatever you want. But if we could get Antonio Gibson to be unlocked in this potential passing game role that we saw a little bit of last night. Shoot, man. Yes. Um, I, this is a backfield that I'm a little bit less avoiding myself as well, because I think I know what you're getting out of this backfield, right? Brian Robinson's going to be the lead ball carrier. He's going to have probably close to 20 rushing attempts per game this season. We saw that last season when he had literally come off of being shot in the leg multiple times. If he can do that while recovering from that, I think he'll be equipped to do that again this season. And I think Antonio Gibson, where he was too limited last year, was the consistency in the passing game. That should be more consistent this year. The question is, can it catapult enough that he gets to the point where he doesn't need 15 carries in a game. He can get six or seven or eight carries in a game, and that can be matched by five or seven targets in a game, and he can be used as a flex consideration. Yep. I have more optimism about it this year than I did uh, you know, prior to the Eric Bieniemy hire, but these guys, of course, these guys do kind of siphon off the upside from each other just a little bit. They kind of cannibalize the value of the other one. Yeah, I like, you know, Antonio Gibson also struggled with some, like... Uh, not 
under the radar, but I think there were things that were going on with him that ma- he was not a hundred percent healthy. Was, yeah, yeah, Gibson. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it last year or the year before he had the calf? Oh shit! Yeah, that was two like years two, ago. But, and still, he, but yeah. he was playing through some stuff, yeah. and then you know it was dysfunctional there. I'll just leave it at that. I think that in this offense, with him being healthy and us seeing a little glimpse of it last night. He's moving up for me as somebody I would be willing to. Maybe you know what's funny, Stefania? Is like you saying, like, it was dysfunctional, we can just leave it there, was the nicest that thing anybody's really nice ever said about the commanders. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, because we don't have a whole show. We, yeah, have, have, so we have a special edition of The Focus. It's just stories from the commanders' past. That'll be tomorrow uh, on the show. You. Yeah. Uh, I just think, yeah, that's so. This one is not a do not avoid for me. I just think that the upside is tapped on both, right? Because for Gibson, I think you need a bit more rushing volume and opportunities to score at the goal line. Meanwhile, for Robinson, you need some more utilization in the passing game. And I just think that one guy has a very clear skill to do one thing. One guy has a very skill, very clear skill to do the other thing. And I am concerned while it did look good last night, offensive line's going to be a problem for this team in Washington. It was not as much last night preseason versus regular seasons, two very different stories. But if this offensive line becomes a bugaboo for this team, then it may not be that this offense looks nearly as good as it did at times last night. Let me ask you this. Is there a chance? Mm-hmm. I'm putting my fan hat on for a second, right? Okay. You're is, a fan of the commanders. I did not know yeah. that. Is there, is there a chance that you could see Antonio Gibson being what Jarek McKinnon was for the chiefs last year? in this um, Eric Bien-Ami offense. I mean, shades of it, but I don't think you want that. Yeah. Right? Because as much as we all loved Jarek McKinnon. It was all down the stretch. It was all like. It was also touchdown. He kept breaking the model. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kept scoring touchdowns. There's no way that'll happen, right? Antonio Gibson, to me, has a broader spectrum of 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 the way he's utilized than Jarek McKinnon. Okay. All right. You know what? Well, I would just love the commanders to use him that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to interrupt for just one. I don't think we have the drop anymore. For one piece of news I just saw that came through, Uh-oh. and I can ask to find you about Breaking it. Breaking news. Uh, from Adam Schefter, who tweets just moments ago oh, that great. Seahawks' first-round pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba, is in Philadelphia to undergo wrist surgery today. He could be ready for the regular season. We shall see. Surgery is going to determine whether he'll be available for week one. He hurt his wrist Saturday night against the Cowboys. Um we, we talked about Smith and Jigba in several different shows. Uh, this just reemphasizes that if you were concerned about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, having some of their value chopped away because of JSN's presence, I don't think that's a major concern coming out of the gates. This injury only makes that less likely of a concern. A hundred percent. So wrist surgery can be a whole slew of different things. Yeah. You know, it can be one of the forearm bones at the wrist or it can be one of the little bones at the wrist, which you have to repair the ligaments if there's damage there to protect against long-term disability. So without knowing anything about what the nature of the injury is, it's hard to even speculate as to how long they would keep him out. But I will tell you this, receivers need their hands. They do, and yeah. And they need strength. It's not like the guy, you know, somebody on the line who can play with a club right. or a cast on, yeah. right? They need their hands. They need their mobility. So you have to have enough time for whatever the healing requires. And then the ability to not only be able to catch the ball, something coming at their hand and wrist hard and have the agility to do it. But any blocking situation, just pressing off mm. the line, anything with the wrist. So uh, I think, you know, I, w- I would say there's, n- there's no reason if you're the Seahawks to be rushing this guy back. Totally. So immediately that makes DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett go up a little bit. I yeah, will I reiterate this. The Seahawks can certainly use an upgrade at wide receiver three. 
I don't think the team went into the first round and said, we absolutely need a wide receiver Gotta get one. tonight, right? Like, I think the board fell in a way that they were like, how the heck can we bypass this guy yeah. at 20, a player with the credentials of Jackson Smith and Jigba? Some of it is a long-term play, right? Like, at some point, Tyler Lockett and DK, well, DK Metcalf's young enough. At some point, Tyler Lockett will mm-hmm. graduate to the next step of his career, and Jackson Smith and Jigba is a wonderful next man up, which is not... I'm not trying to diminish the impact of the pick at some point for Seattle. I'm just saying the threat always felt like a fairly faint threat from Jackson Smith and Jigba to taking away any value from Lockett or TK. I feel like here we are two and a half weeks before the start of the season having wrist surgery doesn't give me great vibes. Right now, JSN is the guy, the rookie wide receiver coming off the board ahead of all of the other first rounders. That should probably change here now. No, if, it if should be Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers. Yep. They should like, be up at that. Zay Flowers, you have my attention last night. I'm doing my you, very man. best to not good. be a homer. My wife went to Boston College. The only thing that I get excited about watching that team last year was Zay Flowers. I'm trying to be, I've been trying all off season to slow pedal my love for <laughs> Zay Flowers. And last night, America saw just how much that dude is so sweet. He is unbelievable. You were like trying to, you're like, I can't really tell who that is because I'm half asleep, but someone's really fast yeah. out there. No, the no, that part, right that part, that part, I was, that was early it. in the game. Okay, so I was awake. Don't worry. Right, that was like, like the first, what was that second drive of the game? So I was still there for that part. All right. We're going to talk about some more backfields with question marks, but first field Yates. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? I would love that. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus at an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. What's a summer memory you'll never forget? You know, the ones that make you smile and long to relive it, like going to a concert (laughs) with your best friend, Dan, but not the one that's on this show. The other Dan Orlovsky. Hey. It's like to feel nostalgic in the summertime, especially when you've got a beer in your hand, but not just any beer. Did you guys know that Miller Lite is the 96 calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for bonfire stories and memories in the making? Make unforgettable summer memories with Miller Lite. Whether you're spending long afternoons behind the grill, waiting out a rainstorm at your favorite bar, or telling old stories to the soundtrack of a crackling bonfire, live those summer moments with Miller Lite. Honestly, they did a really good job writing this. All of those are really fun moments. <laughs> yeah. Because when it's summertime, it tastes like Miller time. Get Miller Lite delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere else that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right. Field, we talked about it. We talked about backfields. Yeah. We've talked about backfields that maybe we're a little bit shaky on. There's still some question marks with a few more backfields. Backfields with question marks is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways you could save, Daniel. And we start in Detroit. I love starting in Detroit. You want to know why? The whole show should be in Detroit as far as you're concerned, but why? The Lions led the entire league last year with 29.5 fantasy points per game from the running back position. They absolutely leaned into their running game. Now, that was obviously 
in large part because Jamal Williams got into the end zone so All many time. times. Yep, of course. Right. But this is still an offense that we expect to be able to use their running backs. We love Jameer Gibbs and the talent that he brings. We think David Montgomery should be able to do better things than what Jamal Williams did last year. Not saying that he's going to score that many touchdowns. He's just a better player in my estimation. So how are you breaking down this Lions backfield that actually I think has two starters in it? Uh, I actually think this one doesn't offer that many questions. Daniel. Yeah. I actually feel pretty good about this one. I think if you want to win your league, you are drafting Jameer Gibbs. If you need somebody that you're going to kind of just count on every single week to give you some comfort food value, it's yep. David Montgomery, Love right? It. Montgomery's not going to be a huge part of the passing game. He's a better bet to get the goal line carries. He's a better bet to lead the team in total rushing attempts. But Jameer Gibbs could be this year's Alvin Kamara. There's a chance that he is the player that I'm most undervaluing right now in my top 20 running back rank. Again, He's still RB like 16, RB 18, excuse me, for me right now. And I might be undervaluing him too dramatically. If the Lions actions in terms of play calling match their enthusiasm about this player that they took 12th overall, Mm -hmm. we're in for a massive, massive season for Jameer Gibbs. Massive. I was going to say the one thing about Dan Campbell. He doesn't hide how he feels about no, his players. No, his he would not be a good poker player. The no. quote about Jameer Gibbs was, he carries the scalpel. Like, what does that even mean, Dan? I think he was talking about how they have a two-headed monster, his word, in, in terms of their running backs, right? Sure. But he said, Jameer Gibbs carries the scalpel, and he can hurt you in the past game. Slice so you that's up. That's how they're wow. planning on using him. Then I'm all in, and I, I agree with Field. <clears throat> I, I feel badly about how I feel about David Montgomery because I feel like he's a talented running back, but he just, it feels like meh in terms of how he gets utilized all oh. the time. So he goes from Chicago to Detroit and I never felt like it was great. Like he was replacing Jamal Williams, but it didn't make me excited about his opportunity there. And when I saw them draft Jameer Gibbs, I'm like, you know, that, that guy is going to be, I think, the rock star that they want. If you think that they love DeAndre Swift, but they felt like, you know, he was so good in the past game, but just not aggressive enough for mm. their liking, whether that was due to injury or just the nature of, of his persona, I think they got that in Jameer Gibbs and mm. they want to feature him. I will tell you again, I'll watch Inside the Den so you guys don't have to. It's the Lions <laughs> behind the scenes show. Yeah. I watched it. It was an it's hour and a half long. It's crazy how it's called Inside the it Den. It is called Inside the Den. I get it. Brad Holmes could not have been more excited to get a guy that he views as a weapon for this offense. He does not care that Jameer Gibbs is a running back, Mm -hmm. right? The idea you're going to be without Jamison Williams for the first six weeks of the season. They've got to find ways to manufacture touches for other people in this offense. He could be really heavily utilized right out of the gate. I'm with you, Field. Like, this is one of those scenarios where I don't want, especially as an Alliance fan, I don't want to, like, overhype Jameer Gibbs, but I would not be shocked if he's a guy that is a top 10 running back at the end of the season with the way that they talk about wanting to use him in this offense. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't surprise me. I think, by the way, we need to do this, and this could be a good off-season project with all that time that we have. (laughs) We need to go back, or after this next draft, I think almost every team has some sort of access to its head coach or decision maker in the first round of the draft that we eventually see on video. Uh Yep. I need someone going forward to start like an index or like re- ranking the reactions like one to 32, like who's most fired up about their pick versus who is the most like demurred and muted about their pick. Yeah. I, the heavy favorite right now for number one is the lions heavy yeah. favorite, right? 
Gonna go on a limb and say probably Bill Belichick, number thirty-two. Right? You know, it's like Taylor Swift anytime that soon. Could be, yes, yeah. I he was full no. of praise for <laughs> her. I, I love it. It's like, like if you could yeah. could have caught me off guard, that, that was one, it, right? Well, yeah. it was the reference of a song. I know it was like, pretty good. I mean, it was one thing to be like she was outperforming in the rain for four hours. Sure. But to actually reference, you know, calm down. Yeah, pretty good, right? But meanwhile, it's like, you know, hey, hey, Christian, Bill, Christian, we didn't know yet. Christian Gonzalez, you know, first round pick, yeah, like, right. awesome player at Oregon. Hey, just, just want to say welcome to the team. You know, yeah. just really excited to have you. Yeah. Very, very That's excited. Generous. Yeah. For those that get so mad about the, the podcast excited. audio, by the way, that was not a mic oh, issue. That was, that was me. Low. That was me doing a Bill Belichick. Can you imagine right getting there. a phone call from Bill Belichick during the draft while you have the entire like family and everyone around you? And it's like, Bill, I'm not, can you just talk a little louder, Bill? I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Coach. Please yeah. coach. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one of my like low key favorite things that happens with draft calls is again, all these players have a million people around them. Yes. I'm sure they can't hear a thing, uh, anything, but oftentimes when they call the player, they'll pass the phone around to a few of the various people involved. A lot of times it'll go to the owner and they'll be like, you know, the owner will pick up. And of course the player, first of all, how many prospects know like every owner by name? <laughs> Second of all, like how much are they actually hearing? But they'll like pass it to the owner of whatever, like, you know, okay, the Rams, so Hey, it's Stan Kroenke. Yeah, the Rams right? make their, you know, their eighth round pick because they don't actually have draft picks. And it's like, Hey, you know, like we're really excited to have you, Daniel Dopp. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to bring you to the franchise and the response from the players often like, thank you, coach. Like, I just want you to know how hard I'm going to work for you. Like having no idea they're talking Don't to know. the owner. Right. No but idea. it's like, they always say coach, right? They always GM owner, you name it. They can be talking to the, to the administrative assistant, so maybe like the ball boy coach. Cause that's coach what is ubiquitous for everybody. Yeah, in the organization. Yeah. That's how that dude. ubiquitous big word for you. Thank you. Thank I don't you. even know what it means, but I'm going to, Safanya didn't react, yeah, so I'm going to assume that it was used properly. Of, yes. I assume when there's no eyebrow raise that I did something right. The normal vernacular for Daniel. I like that. Vernacular. That's, that's another, another big another word. Big word yeah. that I know. That one's a little too much for me. All right. Okay. Let's Do you know that on. if you listen to the Fantasy Focus, I, this is statistically proven. Uh-oh. Your SAT score improves by Stop. 40 points. That's You know what? You hear that, kids? Yeah, I was going to say, start getting all the kids on. Make yeah. sure that we mm-hmm. we got to have a different demographic here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk a couple more backfields here real quickly before we end this out. Okay. New Orleans Saints. We were waiting to figure out what was going to happen with Alvin Kamara's suspension. Yeah. Now we officially know three games, something mm-hmm. the fantasy manager should easily be able to figure out to start the season field. How are you approaching the Saints backfield? Not as many questions for me, unless the team does end up signing Kareem Hunt. That one kind of caught my attention, right? Because I sort of looked at it like this. The first three weeks of the season, Jamal Williams, top 25 ish running back, Kendra Miller, the next man up there but not usable in fantasy unless he explodes in week one. We can reevaluate in week two. Meanwhile, from week four on, you've got Alvin Kamara as like a top 12 or 15 guy. You've got Jamal Williams as like deeper league flex, and that's probably it. And Kendra Miller is probably off the fantasy redraft radar. So if that's how the backfield stays, as far as the depth chart is concerned, I'm cool with it. If they sign Kareem Hunt, that to me will be a bit of a different indicator because when Stefania was referencing how, you don't sign Deontay Foreman to Chicago to just have him sit on the sideline and watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like you sign him to have a role. Not that getting signed in, in you know, late August is the same as getting signed in March when like you sign a guy in March because you have a vision for him. August, sometimes it's because you need a body, but still Kareem Hunt, even after a down year last year, is a capable enough player that you're not signing him and then just not playing him at all. So right. if things stay where they are, I'm cool. If we have a Kareem Hunt signing, I will be confused. I don't know, it feels like they like Kendry Miller. I'm a little concerned because uh, not sure how many people 
know that he had an MCL injury in December when yeah. they were getting to the playoffs, um, in the college playoffs, and he ended up having surgery. And then, you know, just last week, he hurt his knee again. Yeah. Same knee. Now, it wasn't considered serious, and he came back and played yeah. in the second That's preseason crazy. game. So Had a uh, long catch, too. Like, looked yeah, good. Yeah, like, he looked good. Yeah. So, in the immediate sense, not worried, but... Right. It's it's hanging out there yeah. a little bit for me. Um, I will say this: a little, maybe a little vulnerable. I I want to use the Jamal Williams conversation more. Lot, let's talk about Jamal Williams, okay? But more so the idea of if you drafted Jamal Williams last year, okay. or you drafted Ramondre Stevenson last year, you're taking him oftentimes in that area where in our normal home fantasy leagues, mm-hmm. someone's also drafting a defense or maybe one of the top kickers. Right. Jamal Williams absolutely went went after three defenses, four defenses in <laughs> fantasy leagues last year. This is we'll just the reason leagues. why you don't do that. You could have gotten Ramondre Stevenson in the 14th round last year. You could have mm-hmm. gotten Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in touchdowns. And instead, you draft a defense or a, the, one of the, the number one defense or kicker in fantasy. You're not getting better value. Hmm. You're not getting a jump on the rest of your fantasy league. Like, it's not about Jamal Williams this year. It's about what he did last year and improving. Like, this is why you don't do that in fantasy. That's all I wanted to say. Little soapbox oh, moment. Okay. Don't draft defenses early. Okay. That's it. That's it. Stefani is allowed to, though, if it's the 49ers. Yeah. I it's mean, sentimental. How can, you, how can you not? Yeah. And I can so they Nick Bosa going to sign soon? Back. That's gonna stop. Can we get Nick Bosa on the field? Yeah. Oh, no. You know what? That is going to come down to the... And, and by the way, if there, most players who aren't back, I will say I'm, like, I'm nervous about Josh Jacobs, right? Because I'm nervous that he comes back and he hasn't gotten acclimated to football. There is one guy who I'm not worried about what he's doing <laughs> to get ready for football. Can I, I want, we have to get to the, the bills, which we'll finish the show with in just a moment, but I have a sort of funny story along the Josh Jacobs lines. Um, I'm sure you guys and many people listening have these experiences as well. But I think in my sort of like reporting insider line of work, maybe this happens a bit more frequently than the average Joe. I get a lot of like random text messages from people that are claiming to be something. I got one yesterday and Uh-oh. it was somebody who was extremely <laughs> apologetic this is good. saying, Hey, just want to let you know, I was going to give you the Josh Jacobs scoop that he was going to return to the team prior to week one, but I couldn't quite get to you in time. I don't have this number. I was going to say, who is No that? idea who this person is. They were going to give it to me, but they didn't get it to me in time. Do you reply to those to yeah. be like, no, well, we don't reply to you. Don't yeah. 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 you no. right. It's like, oh, Spooky. okay. Gotcha. Right. So, and, uh, creepy. I just want you guys to know. You almost had it. Feels. That I almost, <laughs> almost broke the Josh Jacob news. <laughs> and like, I, I have ESPN every, every once in a while asked me for like a bio update. And I have, I have added that in there. Yeah. Like I almost got the my summer updates. I now have two children <laughs> and an I almost source. broke a big Josh Jacobs story. So, so if anybody is ever wondering whether I was on that's it or not, so I was almost on it. Yeah. You know what you I get want you like that. That's, that's I, like I don't get test messages I, like, I, that. Not yeah. like that. I get some weird. Random I get some weird ones. Yeah, yeah. you like might that. get a different kind of weird, <laughs> Stefania. I'm not going to say too much more than that. <laughs> but, uh, let's talk yeah. about the Bills' backfield. Hey, guys. Hey, good hey. transition there. All right. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this this is James Cook's backfield, right? We're all excited about James Dalvin Cook, especially yeah. in Week One, taking on field as you have already said, Dalvin, Dalvin James, James Cook. James. Uh, yes, sorry. James, so this was you missed this. Did, oh. did you know this? This is actually a great what, story. I didn't know it. Yeah, uh, that part you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. James' full name is James Dalvin Cook. Dalvin's full name is Dalvin James Cook. That I did not know. That, I have learned something. That's today. hilarious. <laughs> How good like, is that? Maybe that's not great. Well, that's that when mom yells at you. Doesn't that's matter what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Wait. it must be true. 
The middle name comes out, yeah. and I know I'm in trouble. But my his middle name is my first name. I Delvin like James that Delvin, double, you get over here. I like people that, that double down <laughs> yeah, on yes. names they love, right? Yeah. Didn't George Foreman name all of his children or like eight in a row? Oh, yeah. George or Georgina? Something like that. There's, there's yeah. got to be a way to fact check had that. had chosen chosen this year. Yes, we Stop. did. Robbie chose. He's going. It's Robbie chosen. chosen. Robbie chosen. It was Robbie chosen. chosen Anderson. Yes, yes. Then yes. it was Robbie, jo- but Got it was it. almost chosen. chosen. Okay. Let's really quickly close this out. I like James Cook. Yeah. I like him more than any of the other good. running backs in that backfield. If I'm going to take a shot on any of these running backs, it's easily James Cook, someone that you can look at as a potential. I don't really love him as an RB2, but more of a, a, a low end RB2 with potential upside, but a flex play for me in a lot of situations. I feel very similarly to you, Daniel. I've liked James Cook a ton. There's been some really encouraging signs during the preseason. The only thing that's a little bit discouraging about James Cook is that everybody loves him. His ADP is climbing. He is skyrocketing right now as he has moved up to RB24 off the boards, which to me is about where he deserves to be going. We've got a still injured Damian Harris. It's not totally clear what's going on with his knee there. The only worry is Latavius Murray going to come in and vulture things away from time to time. Like, is that going to happen? Yes, and Josh Allen's, but like too much further up the boards for James Cook, and I'd be a bit nervous here because then you're creeping into like, Ken Walker the third, Rashad White, uh, even Brees Hall, Miles Sanders territory. I think those guys, um, like, that's about as, as far as I want to go right now with James Cook, with. which yeah. I think he's probably going to settle in fair. about where he is right now. Yep. But I don't have that many questions about this Buffalo backfield anymore. No, I feel like now that we've gotten to this point, Buffalo didn't end up signing someone else. We're waiting to see if anyone else might get Unless added they, to it. <laughs> Unless we still do got a little bit of time. Jonathan Taylor experiment. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know what? It's going to be Kansas City, Buffalo. Or that would be think? the definition of, I'm going to sort of rework this phrase a little bit. If we can't beat him, have us join us yes. instead. Yes. Join yes. Us. Jonathan Taylor ran for five touchdowns against the Bills back in the day. Remember That's that? That's right. Wow. He did. The Bills were like, you know something? We have no answer for you. So yeah. we're going to literally Just come on over, hang out. That's the way it works sometimes, guys. You know what I mean? Um, I do. Sure. Yeah, that sounds right. All, All right. right. That's going to wrap it up for our show today. Okay, good R- show. Running back conversations, backfields to potentially avoid. Thank you so much for hanging out with I'm gone tomorrow, by the way. This is was, funny. Not the things you expect to have happen. I was going to say, what? why are you gone tomorrow? I'm going down to, for those that uh, might watch Good Morning America in the morning, there's a- I was subs- on it yesterday. What? Thanks for sharing with us. <laughs> well, I was on for about five you seconds. So you are actually going to go be in the studio. But I'm not going like. to be also GMA three, which is the oh, third yeah. hour of uh-huh. GMA. If you are so inclined, we'll be talking fantasy football on it tomorrow. Shut up. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah. So um, what time? Uh, you know what? Tune into the podcast. <laughs> Great prep by <laughs> me to know exactly what time. Uh, I think it, I'm pretty sure it airs one o'clock. I'm pretty sure, okay. but I could be way off here. Sometime so tomorrow. I'm doing a great job. I'm sure ESPN PR is thrilled with my readiness yeah, right like, now to answer all these look questions. Look it up. So. We will tweet it out later. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. I am that. going to That's- reveal Stefania's sleepers on that segment. Oh, I like it. Do yeah. you know your sleepers? Uh, it's, it's amazing. It You're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch and find out. Yeah, That's there we so go. Good. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We'll be back tomorrow without Field Yates. But for Field, like, thank God. For Stefania, my yeah. name is Daniel. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned it. We can't wait to see you tomorrow. Peace. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart She's always there to lend a helping hand 
Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Her skills are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us. With advice that we really trust. Cone. She's your favorite gal. She's the fun you pick. 